0: Um, I think I'm just going to start first by asking us a few questions. Um, I don't know if you've ever enjoyed the band leading us into worship. Oh. Thank you, Amy. That's here. Um, or, or perhaps times when um, you you've felt that worship wasn't so good because the band didn't lead very well. Sorry. Um, Does the band lead us to God or do they help us worship God? Even more questions. Is it in the hands of the band if the worship is good or perhaps a bad experience for us on the day? How about when the band plays really well? Does it bring down the presence of God? <laughs> uh, just share the first story today. Um, in the book of Second Kings, chapter number 3, verse 11 to 15. Shoot, pop, pop, here, Can you all see? Okay. So here's a story um, in the Old Testament about a prophet of God called Elisha. Now, if you're familiar with the Old Testament... Um, prophet would be someone that would hear from God. So if I wanted to hear what God was saying to me today, I would go to a prophet and inquire of a prophet. Maybe a king, for instance, wants to go to war. Uh, They don't know if they should go or not. They would go to the prophet to go and ask the prophet to know if God really wants them and what God wants them to do at the time. So Elisha is one of those prophets. Um, In this particular story, uh, three kings went to him and... To inquire of him if they should go to war and what they should do. One of them, one of the kings, Elisha particularly doesn't like. Um, but let's just read the story. Uh, and Jehoshaphat said, Jehoshaphat being one of the kings, is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? Then one of the king of Israel's servants answered, Elisha, the son of Shepherd, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah." And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. That is, Elisha. As the Lord of hosts, sorry. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. So all the three kings went to Elisha. Verse 13. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, now this is the one he doesn't like. This is the one he cannot stand. What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, it is the Lord who has called these three kings to give them into the hand of the mob. And Elisha said, get back to this king that he doesn't like. As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I have regard for Josephus, the king of Judah, I would neither look at you nor see you. But now... Bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Sorry, more questions. Did the musician bring down the presence of God? Or did Elisha get lifted out of his emotions of anger? And then was he able to receive and hear from God? How about our singing? Again, does it bring down the presence of God when we sing? Or, again, do we become more aware of God's presence? Joe said earlier on, um, where two or three of you are gathered in my name, there am I also in your midst. I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. During the last World Cup, um, one of the days I came back home, I wanted to watch the football game. And I got home. I tried to flick on the channel, the particular game I wanted to see, about half seven or so. Um, I couldn't find the actual channel I wanted to watch the football on. I felt, okay, they're not transmitting the football. So I then rang up one of my friends to complain, actually, to say, well, why are they not transmitting the football game? And then he directed me to say, no, I think it was ITV3 or 4. I then tuned in, and then the game was on. Of course, I still went into um, the kitchen, got a bottle of cold beer, went to the sitting room and locked the door and watched the football game. Um, but the point is, until that point, I felt they were not transmitting the football game because I couldn't find the right frequency, the right channel to tune in. It's a bit like with God. I think we are the ones that needs to tune in because he is always with us. Dio encouraged us last week um, when he talked about singing from the heart and mind. Sorry, D, you missed it. You need to listen to it. It's really good. Um, He shared with us that life and death is in the power of our tongue. So we need to be very intentional about what we listen to and what what we sing along to. Because the first point is that singing engages our emotions. Emotions like love and joy are stirred within us when we sing. I work for a software company. What we do is uh, we provide software for businesses. Um, So usually when a business will come in and buy the software that we have created, we have to let them know the the functionality, how they will use the software, uh, the features of the software that we've made, how it will help their business. Or just take a mobile phone as an example, right? Whether it's an iPhone, a Samsung, the the creators of this mobile phone, they put in certain features, certain functionality. So perhaps they'll tell you, Joe, yours can do a text. Perhaps it can go on social media. I don't know what else your phone can do, but They, they tell you what these mobile phones are able to do. Now, God is our creator. And God also has put in certain features, certain things within us. Uh, and some of these things you know if we look at Galatians chapter number 5 verse 22 again I should pop up These are some of the features that God has put in us. It calls them fruits of the spirit. Fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are things that are inside of us that are stirred we begin to sing to God. See, when preparing for these, I found out something for the first time, that singing and particularly joy are so intertwined. It's almost like one triggers the other. You can't separate both of them, joy and singing. It's true. I mean, just to say, we all know, I guess, that that Psalms are actually songs. And in the Psalms, I found some of these correlations between singing and, and joy psalms one hundred verse one to two make a joyful noise to the lord all the earth, serve the lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing psalm ninety five one to two also it says oh come, let us sing to the lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Again, joy and singing. I can read one more, one more psalm. Psalm seventy-one, twenty-three. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to him. My soul also, which you have redeemed. Again, we can see that. Strong correlation that when we sing, something happens with joy. And I like the way James puts it in James chapter 5, verse 13. If you're happy, sing. Literally, if you're joyful, sing. So singing can bring out joy, these features of our spirit, joy, love. When you sing, sometimes what happens is you realize God loves you. And for some reason, before you know it, that love, almost you become a channel of pushing that love to someone else. See, I, I personally believe that God made us to be happy. Uh, I, I do believe that he was happy when he made us. Um, there's, there's proven this in the Bible. I mean, if you look at the account of Genesis, it talks about uh, God in the first day making the heavens and the earth and he said it was good, and then he made something else, it was good, and something else was good, until when he made you and I mankind, he said it was very good um, and it's also very interesting that we talk about when we sing we're joyful the same thing happens to God when God sings over us he's also joyful um, if you look at Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. I know, Joe, you're looking at me. Zeph what? If you take the Bible, go to the table of contents. Zephaniah, you will find it. Yeah. Um, Zephaniah says, the Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud." Singing. See, we recently completed um, a series on uh, Philippians. I think, to sum it all, Yemi did one of the last uh, sessions was about contentment. And he was broadly telling us how not to worry about situations in life, how that we should be joyful and we should rejoice always, regardless of the situation that we are um, find ourselves. I think that we can rejoice always because God has given us everything in this life to enjoy. It's true. I'll just refer you again to another quick scripture. First Timothy six seventeen, The latter part of it, but it says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be hefty, nor to set their hopes on uncertainty of riches, but... On God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. God provides us everything, not some things, everything to enjoy. That's why I can also say, I can count it all joy, even when I'm riding rough times. Now I understand Worrying is, not worrying, actually, is, is very difficult. <laughs> um, i just share with you some of my, my thought process on worrying. When I start thinking about things that maybe last week I didn't achieve or um, a project that I missed a deadline or something like that, something that's already passed, but I'm thinking about it because maybe someone, my boss or someone told me I didn't do it right. I'm thinking about it, and then gradually, for me, worry starts creeping in. Other times, it's like this coming week, I've got a really tough deadline to meet. But I'm already started thinking, will the client accept my proposal? Would they like what I put out there? Would they, what if, what if, what if, anxiety starts creeping in? (laughs) Worry and fear actually starts coming in. Now, what I usually do, and my wife is a testament to this, I would just go straight to um, the New Community Church um, Spotify playlist, it's free, by the way. Um, and thanks to um, Chris Smite, he, he maintains some gospel playlists there. And as I begin to listen and sing along to those songs, I'm telling you the truth, all of a sudden, my eyes just move. Before I know it, these features of my spirit that we talked about earlier, of love, of joy, this is that, I don't know where it comes from, but now I know it comes from within because God has already put it in there for me. But all of a sudden, it wells up and then my situation gets into its right perspective. So this is what happened to Elisha we read earlier. He couldn't function right with the spirit of God. They had to get a musician to help, his, to help him focus his mind. Um, in fact, this is how... David, another guy that we all like so much, that wrote most of the Psalms, that's how he got into the palace, by playing music for another king. Perhaps that's where he learned how to um, uh, write and and make music that we see in the Psalms today. Singing brings gospel truth. See, when we sing, the words all of a sudden come alive within us. Suddenly, we stop worrying about the situation as we focus on Jesus. It says, looking unto Jesus Christ, the author, the perfecter of our fate. As I'm looking at him and I'm singing along to those songs, my mind begins to tell me that, hang on a minute, I may have just found out about this situation, but it looks like God knew everything from the start to the end. So maybe it's not the first time God is knowing about my situation. All of a sudden, my mind begin to work and I'm looking at, wow, God knows everything. If he knows everything, I'm his, he cares for me, well, where's worry then? Why am I worried then? I realize all of a sudden, as we're seeing, he's king of kings. He's lord of lords. He is I am that I am. He's a God that knows the end from the beginning and I'm with him. Then I'm reassured he can provide for me because he's the one that opens a door That no man can shut. Last week we were calling him Waymaker, Miracle Walker, Promise Keeper. All of a sudden these things begin to happen to me and I realize that, well, there's no point worrying now, is there? If I'm with one that knows everything, one that is mighty, one that is strong. I remember an old song. We used to sing many years ago back in Nigeria. It says, I'm not moved by what I see. Hallelujah. I'm only moved by the word of God. Hallelujah. It's true. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Now, I'm not saying, no, you get... Nasty with this song's like like someone upsets you, maybe your friend, your wife. Maybe uh, Daya upsets Yemi again, as he does. And then Yemi tries to make amends with him, and he ignores her. And then she turns around, I'm not moved by what I see. <laughs> Yemi, you're already moved by that action. Um, but that's not what we're saying, right? You sing it to yourself for yourself. Now, at this point, I... Could do one of two things: is to talk about being careful what you listen to, because what we what we listen to actually influences us. I could say stuff around be careful of secular music, right? Or we can begin to pick and choose which one of Spice Girl songs we shouldn't listen to, or which Westlife song that Joe sang last week or two weeks ago that's good that we can. Um, but by faith, um, thinking we should do something slightly different. As we mentioned already, these psalms are actually songs. I think that we need to sing gospel songs. We need to sing ourselves currently into the gospel story. See, James Silly will often talk about that we're in one big story of God, right? A story that has a beginning has an end, and hopefully there's a middle part. And somehow we find ourselves in between the beginning and the end. So I'm asking myself, can I perhaps use something like a GPS to to locate where I am in the story? What what does a GPS actually stand for? Global. Global? Oh, thank you very much. I'm going to use that thing and see if I can locate where I sit in this gospel story? See, so because the Bible is full of promises, right? Some things have happened already. So why am I in this gospel story? I'm asking myself. Just to catch you up on, if you're not a Christian yet, just to give you a quick snapshot of where we are in this story. God left his throne, came to the earth for our sake, He died on the cross. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Not only that, he then ascended back into heaven. Now, he reigns. He rules through us, Christians. We are the extension of the kingdom. We are image bearers. So we currently, God calls us his temple. We carry his presence. And our role is to feel well in, is to feel wherever we go with God's presence. Because that's his purpose. That's what he wants happen. I think we should take this a bit seriously. Again, it's the command, right? It talks about that we will multiply and we are fruitful with the purpose of filling the whole earth with the glory of God. And I suggest we do that whilst joyful and singing. See, when we read the Bible, we need to read with an understanding of things that have already happened and things that are yet to happen. Just like Peter did. Um, I think it was Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 or so. Isaiah is a prophet as well of God. Now, he's saying something that would happen in the future. He was talking about Jesus Christ. Yeah. by says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. He could have just said, we will be healed. Because it hasn't happened yet when Isaiah said this. So Isaiah was looking forward to it. And then Peter, later on, after this event had happened... Is now looking back and then telling his audience, his listeners. If we look at Peter, I think it's First Peter two twenty four. Repeating the same words. Now he's saying, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. It's happened. David did the same. So the Psalms that we sing, the Psalms that we read, David also was looking forward to Jesus Christ. I think it was Psalm 22 or so. He was talking about how they will take the body of Christ and share lots with his, his gamut and stuff. So he too was looking forward to it. So again, when we sing songs today, when we read the Bible, when we read the Psalms, we've got to put ourselves, where are we now in the story? We shouldn't lose sight of what's already happened, even as we look to the things that are yet to happen. How much can we do with the things that we already have? Let me make the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. There's a quote from a guy called Andrew Fletcher. Let me make the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes the laws of that nation. Um, this was my old job, not my current colleagues anyway, but my old colleagues. It was a time when we were writing a letter. I don't know why we were writing it outside of the office. But anyway, we came to a point where we're talking about the last day of April or so. We couldn't remember exactly how many days were in April. And just out of somewhere, one, someone just busted with a song of 30 days in April, June. And then we were able to get the exact that we need it that's the power of songs that's what songs can do songs can make you remember things from when you were even four this is why we need to sing at home with our families with our children with those that we do life with have you realized that there is going to be a lot of singing in heaven <laughs> We're talking about, um, earlier I was saying about the, uh, the story that hasn't ended yet. We're talking about Revelation. Now, for us as Christians, we get most of what will happen in the end of the story in Revelation. And when we read Revelation, we find that there is going to be a whole lot of singing that we're going to be doing there. I'll just read one to you very quickly. Revelation 19, 5 to 7. And from the throne came a voice saying, praise our God, all you his servants. You will fear him small and great, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, that's us, a diverse bunch. Like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. What we do here on earth, it's almost like a dress rehearsal. It's practice of what we're going to be doing in eternity. This is why we should be intentional about singing with others. Sing with Dio, sing with Ify, sing with your life group regularly. We should sing at home. By ourselves. With other people we share life with. See, if we don't sing Monday through Saturday, and Sunday, we'll begin to rely on Steve to prop us up and, and give us what we need to worship God. Just quickly share uh, Deuteronomy six. 5 to 7, talking about teaching children how to sing. Um, It says, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. I'm looking for another when. It seems like do it always. Always. So we need to encourage children to sing. We need to encourage one another. If, if you have children that are into music, allow them to sing. Because singing brings, it helps kind of sink in biblical truths into children, even adults as well. This is what Andrew was talking about, Andrew Fletcher, when he was talking about uh, uh, let me write the songs. Kids will remember songs. They can easily pick stuff up when it comes to songs. So if we teach them gospel truths, true songs, they will remember them as they grow older. So in closing, I'll invite Steve and the band to come back, if you don't mind. It's no pressure, Steve. <laughs> so just quickly, for all I've been rambling about, I just want to make three quick points, just as a summary, if you like. One, prepare for worship on Sunday. So we're not depending on the band for good music or good melody to be able to worship God or sing to God. This week, if you can, sing along with those you do life with. Your husband, wife, children, family. It says again that when children sing at home, it's so much easier for them to sing along in church. I like to think it's the same for adults. High on the mountain. I will be lifting my voice and in the valley I will be dancing for joy every season. There you go. (laughs) Oh man, you're wonderful. That's really good. Sing when on a high or on a low in every season of life sing. Why? As I mentioned to you earlier on, singing invokes emotions and features of our spirit, like love, joy, peace, gentleness. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen.